Thanks, Kevin. That was wonderful. Thank you. I was the one who told him he's been around enough women in his life that he's pretty qualified to be here with us tonight. <laughs> awesome. That was a wonderful time of worship. Thank you so much. Well, welcome. Welcome, everybody. This is our, our second women's worship service night, <laughs> whatever, what we want to call it, our second time coming together for connection. And I'm just excited you're here. Really happy that everyone could make it out. Um, I, when we came up with this idea and felt that God was putting this on our heart, just the thought of coming together once a month and planning it and doing it and being consistent with it was super exciting. I'm going to put this over here. That's on the wrong side. Um, so I'm just excited that you're here with us. I'm going to pray, if that's all right. Let's just bow our heads and ask Jesus to speak to us tonight. God, I just thank you so much for who you are. And I thank you, I thank you for every person who has come through those doors this evening, Lord, for every woman that is here tonight. And I pray, I pray that you speak to us tonight. <laughs> I pray that you give me the words to um, speak your truth and that you have spoken to me. And I just thank you for everybody who's here, and I just pray that you will give us ears to hear you, God, just to remember that it's about you and that we will be able to connect, continue to connect with your spirit because you're already speaking and doing great things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I don't know if all of you were here this past Sunday, but we had a beautiful service. Who, who left encouraged after our Sunday service, <laughs> right? It was just, <laughs> Aisha was able to get baptized, which was so amazing. It was such a blessing to, to watch her and just see everything that God has done in her life. Thank you so much for sharing your, your testimony with us on Sunday because it was so encouraging. And yeah, just seeing lots of people here and coming together and watching God at work um, in the baptisms and, and everything that, that happened, it was just a beautiful, a beautiful time to come together. And I guess after a couple years of not being able to do that, it, it almost seems surreal, doesn't it? And it's just a beautiful time. Um, but if you were here on Sunday, Jorge spoke a little bit about the woman in the Bible. She's, she's mentioned as, she's called the sinful woman. The woman who came, into G came to Jesus and brought an alabaster jar and came to the feet of Jesus and started um, pouring this perfume on his feet. And Jorge and I have been talking a lot about this woman um, over the last couple weeks because I'm actually preparing to speak at a women's retreat coming up, and that's going to be one of my topics. So we've been talking a lot about her and just having these moments that we kind of talk about, you know, what God is speaking to us through this message. And so I'm actually going to talk about her again tonight because God has been um, just speaking to both of us about her, and there were some things that he put on my heart. And so I want to share about this woman um, we find her in Luke 7, and I'm going to read here uh, Luke 7, 36 to 50, or no, I'm not going to read that much. That's a lot. I'm going to read verses 36 to 39, but first of all, this woman, um, there are four different accounts in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that talk about 
a woman coming in and, and um, anointing Jesus with oil. This story is a little bit different. A lot of women, a lot of people think that this is uh, Mary, who is Martha's sister, Mary of Bethany. But when you read the, the four different versions, they're in kind of different places in the Bible. One is, or four, three of them, sorry, I'm getting all confused. Three of them are um, kind of towards the end of Jesus' life, right before he's crucified. And it appears to be Mary who is anointing him with oil. But this story is towards the beginning of his ministry, kind of in the beginning. And, and this woman is called, uh, they just mention her as a sinful woman that comes to Jesus. And so it appears to be a different woman. We're going to read in Luke 7, 36. And it says, One of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. He went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, and she, that she is a sinner. See, the text refers to this woman as the sinful woman. And as I've been reading more about her, I didn't, I was like, I don't really like calling her the sinful woman. <laughs> because, I mean, good golly, we all have sin in our life and we all have these, mo these hard times in our life and we all go through moments maybe where we feel far from God or where we um, go through moments where we're living a sinful life. And the more I read about her, I thought, I'm going to call her the broken woman <laughs> because she was sinful. She had a past, but also she was broken when she came to Jesus. And then I kept praying as I was reading more and more the story, and I realized, yes, she was a sinner. Yes, she was broken, but there's something more that I love about her. <laughs> there was something else that God was trying to, to speak to me about her. And the word that came to mind was authentic. She was a sinful woman, sure. She was a, a broken woman, but she was authentic. When she came in, she was real. She didn't try to hide anything. She came into Jesus, she came into the room where he was, and she had this jar, and she went to his feet, and she's crying, and she's weeping, at his feet, and she didn't try to be something that she wasn't. She didn't come in and act a certain way and, and worry about what other people thought. She was just authentic. She was just real. And you know, as women, sometimes it's really hard for us to be ourselves or to show ourselves just as we are. I don't know if you have this problem, but nowadays with social media and Facebook and Instagram and all the different apps that, that we can have on our phones, you know, all the different selfies that we can take, all the different filters that we can use. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with filters because I actually like using lots of different filters. Um, but there is such a way that we can take pictures and show something that we're not. Not that it's always a bad thing. 
but you know, I can take a selfie of myself and I can be like, whoa, double chin. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna do that one. Or I can take another selfie and I can be like, look at those lines on my forehead. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna use, wait, one filter, two filter, we're gonna use that filter because that filter takes out all the lines. And you know, sometimes we just don't want to show ourselves as we really are. Not that, again, not that those filters are, are always a horrible thing. Sometimes they, they kind of help when, when we don't want to post a certain picture or just to make a picture pretty. But what I'm getting at is sometimes, as women, we struggle with superficiality. We struggle with showing something to other people that we're not. You know, I think sometimes in my house, I, the, the other day, actually this like literally happened, I wanted to take a picture of my daughter and she was, she wanted me to take a picture, I can't remember, something, one of her hairdos or something like that and so she's like, mommy, take a picture. And so I went to go take a picture of her and I look and she's standing there all, you know, cute and adorable and I went to take the picture and I realized that there's like toys everywhere behind her and like, food probably and wrappers and all the different things and so right away it's like okay yes we're gonna take a picture move this way <laughs> and we move her to the wall that's really pretty right next to the plant and then it's like okay hold on a second we shove all the toys out of the way and then she poses we snap a picture and it's like beautiful and then someone else can see that picture and go wow look Mandy's house is so clean <laughs> and like look her house looks like I actually had someone say to me once your house is something out of a magazine and like I roared because I was like no 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 see you saw the pretty little spot on my wall where there was a plant and my daughter posed next to it you didn't see all the stuff around it and like the dog hair that comes up in the, you know, in the corners and like all of those things. No, we, we shoved all that out of the way and we just showed something beautiful. Without meaning to, sometimes we hide our mess, right? We don't want others to see it. And that's okay that we want, you know, Facebook or Instagram or all, any of these different apps to be kind of our highlight reel and we want to just post something that's pretty and that's fine. The problem is when we as women do that without even noticing, we try to hide our mess. Sometimes we try to show something that we're not. We try to put on a brave face, right? Well, I'm going to get together with so-and-so, but I don't really want her to know what I'm going through. So I'm just going to, you know, how are you? I'm fine. Fine. <laughs> We're fine, right? No, I'm good. And, and sometimes we say that we're fine, but we're struggling. And when I look at this woman who came in and who was authentic and who just was real and came to Jesus and, and knelt down at his feet, I think, what led her? What led her to this point where she was wiping Jesus' feet with her tears? What happened to her? And you know, the Bible doesn't say. It only says that she was a sinner, that she was recognized as a sinner, that she was a sinful woman. She was someone who was recognized by others around as unclean. Another version actually calls her just the immoral woman. And you know, I thought about what happens when you live in a small town. Because in verses 37 it says, a woman in that town who lived a sinful life. And it made me think about living in a small town. We all know about living in a small town, <laughs> right? When we live in a small town, everybody knows everybody, everything about everyone. Most people are related, 
And so that's why they know everything about everyone, right? So-and-so's cousin is related, and this, like, everyone is connected. I'm still waiting to find my relative here, because there's got to be somebody that I'm, like, fully connected with in Linden. And that's just the way it is, right? If you, live, if you come from Acme or Carbon or Linden, when you're in a small town, everybody knows everything. And, and sometimes that's a great thing, because we can support each other and we can encourage each other. Other times, it's a really hard thing, am I right? Because sometimes, without meaning to, people label us. Well, that's the woman who left her husband. Or that's the woman who's really overprotective of her kids. She walks down the street yelling at them all the time. That's probably me. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, oh, you know, that's, that's the woman who, who can't have children. Or, oh, that, you know, you, do you see that one over there, that lady? Like, yeah, she's, she's into drugs. Or she drinks a lot. Maybe she drinks too much. And, and people, maybe whether they mean to or not, people label us. And this woman, we know that she was probably labeled with a lot of stuff. Because the Pharisee that saw her come in, he didn't actually, it sounds like he doesn't even say it out loud. It sounds like he said it in his mind because it says he said to himself, right? He's like, ooh, like, why, why is Jesus letting, if this man was really a prophet, why is he letting her touch him? And, and up until this point of her life, I'm guessing that this woman, when I try to put myself in her position and think of who she might have been, I think she, she may have had moments in her life up until this point when she just wished that she was invisible. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you know what you've done and it seems like everybody and their dog also knows what you've done <laughs> or they know everything about you? Do you ever feel like you have to wear a mask? And I'm not talking about the masks that we've been wearing for the last few years. I'm not talking about those masks. We're not going to talk about those masks. I'm talking about the mask that we wear when we don't want somebody to see who we really are. The masks when we feel like we can't be ourselves. The mask when we feel like that person's judging me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my mask. I'm going to act differently. I'm just going to suck it up and pretend that I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> because you don't want them to see the real you. Because maybe you feel like they're already talking about the real you. And, and so you feel like you can't be yourself, like you can't be authentic. Have you ever felt like you're standing in a room full of people screaming, but nobody hears you? Or, or maybe you're standing in that room full of people and you wish that nobody could see you because you just, because of maybe things that you've struggled with, you just want to be invisible or you want it all to end. You know, this woman, she knew what people thought about her. And that didn't stop her from coming to Jesus, from pouring the perfume on his feet and wiping his feet with her tears. And again in 39, the Pharisee who invited Jesus there, he's like, oh, if this man were a prophet, he would know. He, he wouldn't let this woman touch him. He was judging her for what she had done, for her past, 
for who he thought she was. And so what does Jesus say to the Pharisee? And I love this part. And I'm not going to, I'm actually not going to read it all. I'm going to give you like a Mandy Santana version, just a little summary. But, but Jesus says to, to this Pharisee, whose name is Simon, he says, I have something to tell you. It's almost like Jesus answers what this guy is just thinking in his head. And he says, Simon, I have something to tell you. And he says, all right, tell me. And he goes, so there were two people. And Jesus starts telling him a story. There were two people who owed money to a moneylender. And he says, one owed, owed the moneylender 500 pieces of silver, and the other one owed 50. But they didn't have any money to pay it back. And so the moneylender forgave them. He, he forgave their debt. Which one loved the moneylender more? And Simon says, well, of course the one whose greater debt got canceled out. And Jesus says, you've judged correctly. <laughs> that is correct. But then in verse 44, he turns towards the woman and he says to Simon, Simon, do you see this woman? He says, I came into your house and you didn't even give me water to clean my feet. But this woman is wiping my feet with her tears. And then he says, you didn't even give me a kiss when I came through your doors, but this woman is literally kissing my feet. And then he says, you didn't put oil on my head, but this lady brought a special jar of perfume and she's anointed my feet with it. He says, so therefore I tell you that her sins, and they are many, but they've been forgiven. And then he says, as great her love has, been, has shown, but whoever has been forgiven little loves little. So my favorite part of that whole thing is Jesus looks at Simon and he goes, do you see this woman? <laughs> are you seeing her? Or are you judging her? Do you see her? Because Jesus saw her. He didn't see just what everyone else has said. He didn't see just her past. He didn't see the struggles that she had had. I mean, he saw those things, but that's not what he cared about. He saw her, who she was. He saw her heart. He saw her struggles. He saw her frustrations. He saw her anger and her hurt. He saw her insecurities. He saw when she felt in her life like she would never be enough. And in that same way, he sees you tonight. He sees your struggles. He sees when you feel like you're alone and like nobody understands what you've gone through. He sees when you feel like you're insecure and you don't want to show who you really are to the other person that lives across the street. He sees your insecurities or your fears or your frustrations or your anxiety. He sees when you feel like you just will never be enough. And so you're nervous even to walk into the church building because you're afraid that you're gonna be judged for your past. He sees you. And not only did he see her, but he forgave her. See, her sins had already been forgiven. And this is the beautiful part about this story. Her tears were tears of joy. See, that's why we can't call her the broken woman. 
because she, she had been broken, but now she was being restored because her tears were tears of joy because she had already been forgiven. And then letting her hair down to wipe the feet of Jesus, this was, this was a no-no for women in that time. They were not supposed to let their hair down in public, much less while sitting at the foot of a prophet. <laughs> what she was doing was not supposed to happen. It was not allowed. But she was laying down her honor to her Lord and Savior. See, her debt had been canceled. She was forgiven much, so she loved much. And, and the anointing of Jesus' feet was an act of surrender. And, and this is what Jesus has put on my heart tonight, is that surrender carries us from brokenness to righteousness. When we surrender everything that we have in our lives to Jesus, he takes us out of that brokenness. He takes us out of those insecurities. He takes us out of those fears and he carries us and he puts us into righteousness. And he tells us that we are anointed and that we are loved and that we are forgiven. That you are anointed and loved and forgiven because you are his daughter. There's nothing you can do that will make him love you less because he loves you just as you are. See, your surrender carries you from brokenness to righteousness. And, and what is surrender? And surrender has been on my mind all day. I've been thinking about that word. Surrender is to give up control of something to somebody else. It's saying, okay, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I can't always put on a brave face. I can't always act like everything's okay. I can't always pretend like I don't know what people are saying. I can't always pretend like I can do this, like I'm strong because I'm not. Have you ever felt that way? When you feel like you're just done? Okay, Lord, just take me now <laughs> because I'm exhausted in this world. Surrender. Galatians 2.20 says, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. And then verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Sorry, that was verse 19 and 20. Verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. See, it doesn't matter what we do. This isn't about religion. It's not about me working really hard so that God will love me and that God will forgive me and that God will bless me. It's not about what I do. It's not me reaching out to God and doing all the things. It's not me having to show that I'm spiritual and that I'm praying. It's not me having to show that I'm fasting and like, well, I can't, I can't tell that person in church how I'm feeling because what's she gonna think? Like, I have to pretend like I'm strong. <laughs> have you ever felt that way? Maybe I'm the only one. <laughs> Religion leads to superficiality. 
It's wearing a mask in front of others and saying, I have to work hard. I have to be the one to do this. But relationship, when we have a relationship with Jesus, we can say, I am loved beyond measure. Not because of what I do, or not because of what I've done, but because of who he created me to be. See, I can be myself and I can show that I struggle. When someone comes up to me on a Sunday morning and says, how are you? It's okay that I break down in tears and say, I'm not good. Because sometimes, ladies, we're not okay. Sometimes we need somebody to say, how are you? And see through our mask. And sometimes we need to come to the feet of Jesus and say, I am not okay. And I don't know how to do this on my own. And I surrender to you because I can't. Because I need you to fill me up. Because I need you, more of you, less of me. Because you can't do this on your own. But Christ, in you, with Christ you can do everything. With Christ you are forgiven. With Christ, you are loved. With Christ, you are cherished. With Christ, you are healed. And he will help you get rid of those masks. And he will help you move towards authenticity. And he will take you from brokenness. And he will put you to righteousness. And he says, you are righteous, my sweet daughter. And I love you. And I see you and I see who you are and I see your struggles but I am here with you invite Jesus into your mess you know not long ago I actually had this time where someone sent me a text and said hey is it okay if I drop by can I come over and I was like yeah sure I was sitting down with my kids and watching a show Okay, she's like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Okay. And I look around the house. Oh, shoot. <laughs> everybody up, everybody up, turn the TV off. Our house, is, my house is an absolute disaster. Clean it up, clean it up, clean it up. Come on, guys, you pick that up, you pick that up. And all my kids start running all over the place. Like, come on, we've got someone coming here. And I would love to stand here and say I'm the mom who never yells. I'm not going to lie in front of all of you. But I had this moment of like, we got to clean, we got to clean, we got to get the mess. Because, oh my gosh, my house was a disaster. And that's okay. That's okay. Because everyone says, we have kids, and it's okay to have a messy house. Sure. The problem is my mess stresses me out. <laughs> I don't care about anyone else's mess. I can come to your house if it's messy. It will not stress me out because it's not my mess right? But somebody else's mess, it stresses me, or I mean, my mess, it stresses me out. Nobody else's. Why? Because it makes me feel overwhelmed. And I had this moment where I was cleaning, and I was telling my kids, like, come on, clean, clean. And I had this moment where I felt like Jesus said, you do that way too much. <laughs> you do that way too much. And I was like, clean my house? What are you talking about? Like, I hardly ever clean my house. <laughs> it's like, no, you try to clean up before I come into that space. Stop trying to clean it. Invite me into your mess. 
and I will clean it with you. See, we don't have to have ourselves all put together. We don't have to have a clean house before we invite Jesus into our house. We don't have to have a perfect life before we ask Jesus to help us. Well, no, because I'm too far from Jesus, and so I gotta get my stuff together first, and then I'm gonna ask Jesus to come and clean up my mess or or to come and, and visit me. That's not the way it works. Invite Jesus into your mess. He can handle it. (laughs) And he will take you out of your mess. And he will help you through it. And he will say, let's clean it up little by little. Surrender. But Jesus, I'm broken in this part. Don't touch it. That's okay. That's okay. I'm going to take you in that brokenness. And I'm going to put you in a place of righteousness. I'm going to help you. Don't try to clean your mess before he shows up. Invite him into your mess. Psalm 65, 3, and I'm going to end with this, says, Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. See, there's nothing too big that he can't handle. There's nothing that you've done that God can't handle. He says, nope, I'm not going to touch that. Surrender it to him. Surrender your struggles that you're having this week. Surrender the problem that you're having in your home, the struggles that you're having with your kids. But God, I don't know how to do it. That's okay. He will help you do it. Surrender your insecurities that you're feeling. Surrender your struggles that you're having financially. But it's because I don't know how to get out of it. That's okay. Be authentic. Be real. Be like this woman and come to the feet of Jesus. And say, Jesus, I don't know what to do with my mess. And he's going to say, it's okay, because I see you and I'm with you. That's what Jesus wants from us tonight, to realize that he sees us. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for who you are in our lives. God, I want to pray for every woman who is here tonight. God, thank you for this authentic woman. (laughs) Thank you for this woman that came and sat at your feet and cried at your feet and, and washed your feet. Lord, help us for every woman that is here tonight. Help us as your daughters to learn how to sit at your feet. Lord, help us to remove the masks that that we're hiding behind. Help us to remove the superficiality that we're struggling with. Help us to accept the relationship that you offer us because you died for our sins, because you love us just the way that we are. Lord God, I pray that you will move in each and every one of our hearts. God, I pray for my sister here tonight, for my sisters who who are struggling, for my sisters who are tired, for my sisters who are feeling overwhelmed, for my sisters who are feeling scared with everything happening in the world, for my sisters who are feeling exhausted and tired. Jesus, 
come into our mess. Thank you because you take us from where we are and you place us in a place of righteousness at your feet. Help us to surrender. Help us to know how to give you all the things that we have. <laughs> Help us to give you our burdens, to give you our struggles, to give you our, our bad thoughts, to give you all the things that separate us and that push us away from you. Help us to lay those things at your feet. Thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.